Hello and welcome to Changing Birth. I'm your host, Hannah Wilsmore. I'm a midwife, award-winning childbirth educator and life coach, and I'm here to make birth better. I've worked with hundreds of families as they prepare for the arrival of their baby, so I know all about the highs, the lows, and everything in between. In this podcast, I share my knowledge, practical tips and insights so that you too can have a positive birth and transition to motherhood. Let's get into today's episode. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to today's podcast episode. This is a little bit of a Christmas-themed one, which I thought was perfect timing because this episode is going to be coming out right before Christmas. And what we're going to be talking about today is tips for navigating Christmas with a newborn baby. Now, this is something that I get asked about a lot with my clients in the lead up to Christmas, what to expect, how to navigate it. It can be a really um, positive and a really exciting time. It's great that, especially if you're a really festive person, that you get to spend that time with your family and they get to maybe meet your baby. And um, especially around Australia with a lot of our borders opening up and things like that, some people, uh, their baby's meeting family for the very first time. So it is really exciting, but it can be sometimes quite overwhelming, especially if you are in that very much newborn phase or that fourth trimester. So today's episode, I'm just going to go through some of my top tips for navigating Christmas with your new baby. So I think something that is really important is to stay flexible. No matter what plans you make, I would kind of have a backup plan. And we know that babies do like to throw out the plan. So just really be mindful of your expectations, maybe lower the bar a little bit. If you're someone who is doing a lot of things around Christmas, going to a lot of events, doing a lot of cooking, uh, doing a lot of preparation, maybe just look at the really important things and where you can focus your time in the lead up to Christmas and also on Christmas Day as well. So that flexibility, I think, is super, super important. Now, if we look at actually the preparation and the lead up into Christmas Day, I think really being mindful of those expectations, understanding where your baby is at. If you're in that early newborn period, they're probably still going to be feeding quite a lot. It might be a very new environment for them, even for older babies with so many people and so many different people holding them um, and having cuddles and things like that. So it can be really different for your baby as well and potentially different for you. You may not have ventured out of the house a whole lot yet and Christmas Day events can be a big deal and and a big thing. So just really take the pressure off, look at what's going to be really important to you, what is important to your family, what is actually going to work for you guys. For you, it might be lunch plans work better than dinner because that works better with your baby or something like that. Really look at where your baby's at, where you guys are at with feeding and your postpartum journey. Um, and just don't overcommit. So things like I wouldn't try a new recipe. I would maybe use something that's tried and tested that you've done many, many times before. This is probably not the time to be hosting a you know three course lunch and things like that because looking after your baby and feeding and navigating this new time um, is is such a big deal at that point. So um, I think, yeah, the expectations are really important and really looking at that and also chatting to your partner about it. If you're someone who, between the two of you, you end up going to lots of different events, 
maybe look at is that actually reasonable? It's not that you have to be a hermit and stay at home the whole time, but actually looking at, okay, what is important to us? What things do we really want to make it to? Um, and don't feel bad about saying no and declining invitations. It's important to put you and your family first, especially at this time. And I find a lot of my clients really struggle when they feel like they're just rushing between so many different things. The other thing I want you to remember is that this is your baby and you may feed or parent your baby differently to others and that's okay. Another point where people often struggle around Christmas is getting lots of different opinions from family and friends on how they should be doing things. I always say to parents that I'm working with that you will get lots of opinions. No matter what you do, no matter what you decide to do with feeding or sleeping or all those different things with your baby, you will get lots of opinions and it's about working out what is important to us? Does this actually resonate with us or not? Particularly also remember with older generations that they were told very different advice to, I think, what we are told now, especially in regards to feeding their baby and um, their baby sleep and things like that. There was a very, very different attitude. And I often hear from people who are that um, older generation saying things like, oh, don't hold them too much or they'll get used to it or don't feed your baby to sleep or that'll create a bad habit or things like that. But we know that that's really actually quite biologically normal now, especially in um, young babies. So just be mindful that sometimes that advice can be quite outdated and it might not actually be applicable or relevant to your family. Interesting is that we do see a slight increase in the rates of mastitis around the Christmas sort of festive period. And that could be contributed to by a couple of different reasons. I think one is often that our our routine can be a little bit thrown out of whack. And I know routine, you know, there's not often much of a routine with babies. But what I mean is that when you're at home and you're in your own environment, often you pick up on your baby's feeding cues more easily. And sometimes if we change that environment, for example, going to um, a family lunch and then dinner and maybe your baby's being held by lots of different people, sometimes we can miss some of those feeding cues. Also, if we're traveling quite a bit and driving or even potentially flying throughout that period, that's also changing things and and marking up what you're used to a little bit. So it's just about really being aware of it. I think the biggest thing to be aware of is not missing feeding cues. Like I said, when your baby's being held, uh, they're often quite happy. And so just make sure that you do watch for when your baby looks like they're hungry. And if it's been a while since their last feed or you think, oh, this is, you know, they've gone longer than usual then definitely see if they are hungry because um, if that milk is sitting in the breast for that long period and that's not your usual kind of pattern, that may increase the chance of mastitis. The other thing is um, with the long drives as well and the travel, just really factoring in the need to feed. I think sometimes we can forget about that a little bit or we can just try and push it out so that we can get there, but it is really important to still feed your baby on demand so that we are emptying the breast um, and, and not increasing that chance of mastitis. The other thing that sometimes I think where people struggle is that they might not yet feel comfortable feeding around other people. And so they might just latch their baby on quickly so that they can feel a bit less exposed and and just sort of have their baby feeding. Or maybe if their baby's fussing a little bit, they feel like they're going to get other opinions and advice and things like that from other people. And I can totally understand that. And so I think 
as much as I am pro-breastfeeding and I think that anyone should be able to breastfeed wherever they want, I know that not everyone is going to feel comfortable with that. So don't feel bad if you're at a family event or even if you're out at lunch, try and find somewhere quiet where you can feed, where you can relax, especially if that is something that you're not comfortable with. If you are absolutely comfortable feeding around others, then totally go for it. Um, but especially in those early postpartum days, often people are just not comfortable yet. And so they might either delay the feed until um, the event's finished or they might not feed for as long because they're trying to just get it finished quickly sort of thing. And that's, I guess, where um, yeah, we see that increase in the mastitis. So I think really, you know, remembering to prioritize yourself and your baby and look at, okay, how is this actually going to work during the day? Often if you are out um, at a venue or at a lunch or something like that, often in um, restaurants and pubs and places like that, uh, they can actually provide you with um, somewhere to feed. They're not legally required to, but often if you ask, they have a couch that you can sit on or a little kind of secluded area that they're not using. And so that can be a really good backup as well. Um, even if your baby's a little bit older, you know, when they're getting to that three to four month period and they're getting very distracted with feeding, you might just find that they are on and off and on and off and they're just not feeding properly. Um, and so then you might find actually going off in a quieter space works a little bit better for you guys and your family. So we do see that increase in mass but I think it can be managed just with a couple of things and really being aware of your normal feeding pattern and trying to keep that going on Christmas Day. I can't tell you how many women I've spoken to who've ended up going a really long period without feeding on Christmas Day without realising because their baby was just being held and they were quite content. So just keep that in, in the back of, of your mind. Now, given that the vast majority of you guys that are listening are in Australia, where traditionally around Christmas it can be quite hot, and I know the forecast for a lot of our states is going to be very warm on Christmas Day. So if it is hot, um, of course, we want to keep ourselves hydrated, but it's also important to remember that babies will often feed more frequently, and that's how they keep themselves hydrated. So babies under six months of age uh, need nothing other than breast milk or formula if you're formula feeding. They don't need ex any extra water on hot days. They get all of that hydration through the breast milk. So just be aware that your baby might feed a bit more frequently. They might have shorter feeds more often, and that's how they're getting more of that higher sort of water content milk and keeping themselves hydrated. On hot days, sometimes you'll find that having your baby feeding is quite hot and sticky. And so sometimes they'll get a little bit irritated and even you might find it a little bit annoying because you're feeling like you've got this little hot body on you feeding all the time because they're feeding frequently. So something that I often find helpful with clients is to just use a thin cloth or a, or a muslin wrap or a, or a baby wrap. Just place that between your skin and their skin as much as possible, of course, but just making sure that you can still get a good latch and you're still comfortable but sometimes that can just reduce that skin on skin contact a little bit and as much as I am a huge fan of skin to skin and actually for a lot of babies on hot days it can actually work quite well for some mums and babies it just gets too hot and sticky and it's just uncomfortable so that can sometimes be a good option and you can easily find um, those wraps and those thin pieces of fabric that can work really well for that. I also wanted to talk about alcohol consumption with breastfeeding because, again, this is something that I find in the lead up to the festive period, this is a common conversation that I end up having with my clients. Now, throughout pregnancy, it is recommended to avoid alcohol 
100% completely during pregnancy because we know that that can have adverse effects on a growing baby. However, in breastfeeding, the story is a little bit different. When you have an alcoholic drink, that increases the blood alcohol level in your body and it also does increase it in the breast milk as well. But similar to how our body over time processes that alcohol out, it also happens in the breast milk as well. So the concept of what we call pumping and dumping I think is a little bit outdated. Often it is a matter of waiting and and looking at the time factor. So if we have one standard drink, so one standard alcoholic drink, then it is usually going to take around two hours for that to leave the breast milk completely. So if you have one standard drink and then you breastfeed in two hours, there should be zero alcohol in the breast milk. So that's regarded as quite safe and that's what the general recommendation is. Now, where it gets a little bit more complex is when people are having um, more alcoholic drinks than that. And sometimes if someone is going to go to an event where they're going to be away from their baby or they're going to be consuming larger amounts of alcohol, um, then yes, pumping may be required in that scenario. But if we're looking at low um, levels of alcohol, then you usually that one standard drink and then the two hour period is what is recommended. So it's it's different to pregnancy. It's not that we need to avoid it completely. Um, there is some research in regards to alcohol consumption and impaired milk ejection reflex as well. So I think um, it is it is good to be aware of that research, uh, particularly if you're in the early phases of breastfeeding. But I think we put so many rules and restrictions on women during pregnancy and uh, with breastfeeding around all these different things around what you should and shouldn't eat. And I think realistically, if we look at the research, that low alcohol consumption, especially sticking to that one standard drink and then two hours before the next feed is regarded in a lot of research to be safe. There is a brilliant app from the Australian Breastfeeding Association. It's called Feed Safe. And that's where you can put in some information um, and the amount that you've drunk and it will calculate how long it will take for the alcohol to get out of the breast milk. So I actually think that's a really, really great app and can be really helpful during that period. And yeah, it's just about being mindful and being aware. And for some people, it becomes too tricky because they're not sure when their baby's going to feed next. But once you get into the swing of things, there are ways to consume a small amount of alcohol while breastfeeding that can be quite safe. And I'm sure you guys have all heard this before, but just remember that one a standard drink that you pour or a family member may pour for you may not be an actual standard alcoholic drink. If we look at wine glasses and things like that, often a wine glass is much bigger than one standard alcoholic drink of wine. And so just being really mindful of that so that you don't accidentally end up consuming too much. So while I know on Christmas Day in the festive period, there can be lots of physical challenges with a new baby in regards to frequent feeding and needing to take all the stuff they need with them and um, think about feeding and, and plan all of those different things. But I actually think the most challenging part for most mums is the emotional side of things and the opinions from other people. And I would just encourage you to really consider your own boundaries, which I know is is sometimes really hard and it's something that I struggle with as well. But remembering that this is your baby, how you parent is your choice, the decisions that you make, not everyone will agree with that. And also really chatting to your partner about it and your family if you can around what you're doing and how 
You don't want to feel like you're being told all these different things that you're doing wrong or all these different ways of doing things. I think if you have particular family members who are quite uh, strong-minded on some of these things, then have a really good discussion with your partner before about how we can work to change the conversation and redirect the conversation and also how your partner can help to support you as well. If you're getting lots of opinions, sometimes you can say something like, um, okay, we'll we'll keep that on board. This is what we're trying for now, but um, we'll keep that in mind for in the future if this doesn't work. You know, sometimes it doesn't have to end up being a big, a big battle, but sometimes having in the back of your mind some of those sentences and some of those ways to pivot the conversation so that um, you're not feeling like this is this kind of attack on how you're parenting or how you're feeding, I think is really helpful. And if you can talk to um, your partner or even some members of your family so they can help to back you up with that as well. Um, And the other thing which I often say to clients, if you're really struggling, just say that um, your midwife suggested this is how you do it and that's what you're going to try. And I know that might sound a bit silly, but you can use us as a bit of an excuse because for whatever reason, people often um, will respect your decisions more if they feel like they've come from a health provider, which I wish this wasn't the case. I wish we didn't have to say something like that and people would just respect everybody's choices and boundaries and how they're raising their family. Um, But I know that's not the case. So just really thinking about, right, how can we deflect this? How can we change the conversation so that it doesn't end up being really uncomfortable for you. And also don't hesitate to take a time out for yourself in the day. If you need to have a nap, if you need to lay down and feed your baby or help them drift off to sleep, then that is okay. You don't need to all of a sudden become superwoman on Christmas day because it is this one day of the year. There will be plenty of Christmas days and having a new baby on Christmas day is exciting, but it can also sometimes be challenging. So just really take that pressure off yourself, lower the expectations, and hopefully you'll have an incredible day with with your family um, and your loved ones. So I hope you guys have found this episode beneficial. It is a short and sharp one, but I just wanted to give you some really practical tips in the lead up to Christmas. I hope you guys all have a wonderful day. I am catching up with two different sets of my family and then also going away to the York Peninsula in South Australia for a couple of days. So it's going to be, yeah, a really lovely Christmas. And I hope you guys all have an incredible Christmas too. to subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes and if you're enjoying the podcast I would be ever so grateful if you could rate and review on your favorite podcast player see you next week